Amen. Just repeat one of the lines or one of the verses from the reading that we've already had from Exodus chapter 3 and it's verse 14. <coughs> God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am as sent me to you. And then I want to read Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. To still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honour. You have given him dominion over the work of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, and whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I don't know whether Ian had prepared his songs before or after he had asked me for the text from uh, Exodus today, but you know, it's no good me even trying to recall them now because uh, they won't come to my memory. But I know that as we were singing them, they fitted in very much in with what I felt that God had laid on my heart for this morning. We got there in the story that, um, uh, I was going to call him Naaman, um, Norman. <laughs> the story that Norman has given the children today, uh, and by the way, I would have chosen that side automatically because I love Brussels sprouts, my favourite vegetable. But we got here that uh, he says about Daniel, he proved God to be true. He proved God to be true. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent or how majestic is your name in all the earth. It was a week last Monday, it was January the 30th. In the morning, I sat down with my Bible without any other purpose really than just to read the Word of God. But as I began to read the Word of God, I began to read certain things and I started to consider something of who God is. And so I spent that morning thinking about that subject, who God is, or who is God. You may remember that on the Sunday morning prior to that, the day before, I had referred into the ministry that I had given from Psalm 14, 1 to 8, which says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. And so with this in my mind, 
I was thinking of God, who many prefer to say does not exist, and I began to think of his nature. I began to think of his character. And I began to think of his many attributes. And I wrote down a, a, a list of things which I wanted to consider, and I'll mention that list in a little while. But later the same day, that Monday morning, in the afternoon, I checked my emails and one of them caught my attention as it was from the Christian Institute and the heading for the email said, Watch Autumn, Autumn Lectures 2022, Episode 1. Now, I'd intended to go to those Autumn Lectures. They were held in a church in Newcastle last uh, October, November. I'd intended to go to them, but uh, to certain reasons meant that I'd failed to get to the first, I'd failed to get to the second, I'd failed to get to the third, and so I, with determination I got to the fourth and I got to the fifth. And so I opened the email to find out what had been the subject for that first lecture which I had missed. And I clicked the link for it and it was the subject of Bible in Errancy. Uh, and the speaker for that lecture, or the lecture on that occasion, was the Reverend William McLeod from uh, Scotland. And as I began to listen to the opening section of this lecture, he made a statement which I immediately wrote down because it blended perfectly in the things that I'd been contemplating that morning, that morning as I was thinking about God. And this is a statement he made. He said, we can know nothing about God unless God reveals himself to us. And then, to introduce his subject, he read three portions of scripture. And I'm going to read those three portions this morning. The first one is from Job 11 and verse 7. Can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? And then he went to Psalm 19 and verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And then he went to Romans chapter 1 and verses 19 to 20. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and so I didn't watch any more of the video I just wrote the scriptures down I turned to the scriptures and read them myself and as of yet I've not yet watch the video it's on my list because uh, episode two has come out since then and then the others will as well and i'll probably make an effort to watch them one after the other but as i sat down that afternoon and heard those remarks and thought about where i had been thinking about in this morning i could have asked this question was that a coincidence was it a coincidence that the very things I'd been considering in the morning 
came to my attention later the very same day in the afternoon. And some would say, yes, it's just a coincidence. But I would say, I believe it was a God moment. A God moment. And then, that week, on the Wednesday evening, I came to the prayer meeting. And when Lynn commenced the prayer meeting, she shared two portions of scripture. The first portion was Psalm 90 and verses 1 to 2. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And then Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. Another coincidence? That Lynn should read scriptures that tied in with what I'd been meditating upon on the Monday? Again, some would say yes. But I would say no, it's another God moment. For the moment that Lynn mentioned Psalm 90 verses 1 to 2, I turned to the Bible, I opened it up, I began to read it, and my heart leaped for joy. There was a leaping in my spirit. There was a leaping in my heart. For while the fool might say that there is no God, in my heart faith says there is a God. There is a God. And he has revealed himself through the external creation. He has, exter he has revealed himself through the internal human conscience. He's revealed himself through the enlightenment of the written word of God. He's revealed himself through his son who came into this world, not only to make God known to us, but to bring us into a living and a personal and a dynamic relationship with God. And the unbelieving world may deny or fail to see the evidence of a creator God in the heavens above and the earth below. They may fail or deny to see God in the evidence of the scriptures, which is an amazing book that was written over 1400 years, covering 4000 years of history, plus prophecy about the future, written by various authors from a variety of backgrounds. They may even deny or choose to deny the evidence concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is one thing that is sure this morning. They can deny this, they can deny that, they can deny the other. But they cannot deny that which is my own personal testimony and encounter with God. My personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and my daily renewal by the inner working of the Holy Spirit within my heart and life. And as a believer this morning, I know and you know without any shadow of doubt that God is with you and that God is for you and that God holds your life, your very being in the palm of his hand. The song came to my mind which goes on to say, shout for joy and sing your praises to the king. Why? 
because we first of all we see him as our creator but then on the other hand we see him as our redeemer our lord and our savior and besides the scriptures that I've read this morning that speak to us of the wonder, of the majesty, of the Lord God creator, the one who we live to serve. There are so many songs, hymns that have been written by men and women who have put into words the wonder of their own personal experience concerning who God is and in what he has and is still doing in his creative work and through his own going providential care and his redemptive grace and i could list some this morning for example O lord my god when i in awesome wonder and have you ever gone out into the created world and just wondered how can they say that there is no god often cameron and myself if it's a clear night when we're getting ready to come to the prayer meeting on a, a, a Wednesday night, we'll just stand outside the house and we'll look up and we'll just, just look and Cameron will begin to tell me which stars are which or whatever else. How God created them. And I stand with wonder and astonishment and amazement. And when I stand on a hill and see the rolling hills and the valleys and all that is created, I sing, then sings my soul. My Saviour God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. And then there's another hymn, Great God of Wonders, all thy ways display the attributes divine. And they do. But I love the chorus parts that says, Who is a pardoning God like thee? Or who has grace so rich and free? This is our God. This is my God. And I just want to worship him. I just want to adore him there's another one and we're going to be singing this on wednesday at the, the funeral service praise to the lord the almighty the king of creation he's the king of everything the king of all that we see that's created around us and i must read all the words of the hymn by isaac watts i sing the almighty power of god that makes the mountains rise that spreads the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at his command and all the stars obey. I sing the goodness of the Lord that filled the earth with food. He formed the creatures with his word and then pronounced them good. Lord, how thy wonders are displayed. Where'er I turn my eye, if I survey the ground I tread or gaze upon the sky. There's not a plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known. And clouds arise and tempest blows by order from thy throne. God's hand is my perpetual guard. He guides me with his eye. Why should I then forget the Lord whose love is ever nigh? But then what about another timely coincidence? I began to type my musings out uh, in preparation for this morning because I handwrite them first, scribble them with a pencil and then I type them out and then I add a text message from Norman, some wisdom from Norman. This is what he put, today we must move on to a higher plane. 
The reason why you put that is because often it's just a joke or two. Today, he said, we must rise to a higher plane. Theological thought from a great man of God. And this is what he put. God's omnipresence. God reveals his presence. Let us now adore him and with awe appear before him. Him alone, God we own. He is our Lord and Saviour. Praise his name forever. God himself is with us. Another coincidence. It's God at work, encouraging me and blessing me in the preparation of his word. And then to top it all, I looked at the news headlines one evening this week and shock or horror making the top news the same day was the intention of the Church of England to consider using gender-neutral terms when referring to God. But I quote from an atheist. I quote from an atheist. This is what the atheist said. The world has definitely gone mad when I, a committed atheist, find myself agreeing with a Christian evangelist on how crazy this is. And this is what the evangelist had said. The church has become so captured by woke ideology they don't realise where they've got to. Church this morning, the very essence of the Christian faith is being attacked. And it's not just being attacked from outside of the church, but it's being attacked more than ever from within what is supposed to be the church. And as we see these attacks within the church coming against the things which we most surely believe, it should cause us to sit up and to consider where we are at and the importance of the truths that have been taught and held onto for centuries, which are slowly being eroded away and lost in the crazy society in which we are finding ourselves. The sad thing is that too many churches are just speaking what itching ears want to hear rather than proclaiming the eternal truth of the Word of God. And one of the first essentials is the truth concerning who God is. It's vital. It's important. Now to get back to what I wrote down when I was originally musing over these things, I had turned to Psalm 8 and verse 1. O Lord, I've read it already. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I considered first what is his name. If we're going to say that his name is majestic or magnificent 
whichever word you want to use, then what is his name? Well, there are various names given to God in the word of God, such as Yahweh, Adonai, Lord, capital letters, Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, Jehovah, Elohim. And to consider all these in detail this morning is another study. We can't even begin to think about going down that road. But David in this beautiful psalm tells us that his name is majestic or excellent. But not only is, is his name majestic and excellent, God himself is majestic and excellent. And we learn something from his names that tell us something about God's dealings towards mankind. For example, we know from the account in Exodus 3, which has been read for us this morning, after Moses had encountered God, and God had told him to go down to speak to the Pharaoh and to tell him to let his people to go, Moses said, who shall I tell him has sent me? And on that occasion, God said, tell them that my name is the I Am. That is, I am the God who is eternal. I always have been. I always will be. And this is the important thing when we consider this name. I am unchanging. What I've always been, I will always be. And not only am I unchanging, I am unaging. I'm eternally forever the same. And Jehovah is often linked with some action. For example, on Mount Moriah, as Abraham was about to uh, sacrifice Isaac, as they were going up there, um, Isaac had asked, use the fire, use the wood, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, the Lord will provide. And we know what happened, that just as the knife was about to be plunged, that God stopped Abraham. And he turned and he saw a ram caught in the thicket. And the ram became the sacrifice instead of Isaac. And from that we learn the term. The Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. So I created a list as the various thoughts came into my mind. And here's the list. It's a minuscule list, really, in trying to describe the wonderful, amazing things about the Lord our God. He is eternal. He's almighty. He's immortal. He's infinite, he's invisible, he's all-powerful, that's omnipotent, he's all-knowing, that's omniscient, he's everywhere, he's omnipresent. He is loving, he is merciful, he is just, he is knowable and he is accessible. He is faithful and he's described in many ways such as our rock, our safe tower, the stronghold of our lives, our strength. We lift our eyes towards him. We run to him and we hide in him. He is our creator. He's our savior. He's our shepherd. He's our light. He's our helper. He's our way maker. He's our provider. He's our protector. He's our father. He's our keeper. And he is our righteousness. He created us. He calls us. He covers us. And he cares for us. This is our God. And as I said, it's just a short list and I could have sat down and I could have written so much more. So how great is our God? How great is our God? We can't fathom him, but we can know him. 
That's the wonder of it all, because Christ came into this world to be the one to lead us to him. And so when we consider some of these things that I've mentioned this morning, how dare, how dare we at all try to alter who God already is? And how dare we try to change him from the way that he's revealed himself to mankind and try to fit him into what our ideology we think should be today. He is eternally unchangeable. What he has always been, he will always be. He is the Lord and he reigns on high. And we do not want to be amongst those who are seeking to minimise who God is. Instead, as scripture says in Psalms 34, verse 3, we want to magnify him. It says there, oh magnify the Lord with me. That's a call for each one of us. Oh magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. In Psalm 69, verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song. Let me go back to that one. <clears throat> Psalm 69, 30. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. See, when men want to deny him, we declare him. When men want to deny him, we declare him. When men want to ridicule him, we render him the homage that's due to his name. When men seek to write him off, we worship him. And when men want to alter who he is, we acclaim and applaud him for who he already is and will always be. Psalm 66 verses 1 to 3 says this. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. And then it goes on to say this. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. See, God is great in his power. And we know his greatness in his power of salvation towards us. But men and women who choose to deny him, that the one who is great in his power is going to be great in his power of judgment towards them. Towards them. And they need to fear. They need to tremble. Because one day, they will have to stand in his presence. And so some of these things that I've mentioned this morning, we'll consider them uh, in the future because our God is an awesome God. We need to have a clear understanding to stand against this woke ideology that is springing up all around us and the public opinion of men and women who choose to deny God. And we need to remain firm on who God has revealed himself to us as in his eternal word. For his word, it stands forever. Can I say this morning that if Jesus told us to call God our Father and said that he had come from the Father and said that he was the only way to the Father, what right do we have to address him in any other gender. We have no right whatsoever. And remember that Jesus is also God. 
And he came into this world as a son, not a daughter, maintaining the masculinity of the Godhead. Psalm 99, 13, uh, 1 to 3 and 5. The Lord reigns. Let's echo that this morning. The Lord reigns. The world can say what they like. We stand firm on this truth. The Lord reigns. And it continues to say, let the peoples tremble. We tremble before him because we honour him. And we recognise that he is a God who is to be feared. But he is a God that we can come to because of the sacrifice that Christ has made. And those around us, they need to tremble. They need to tremble. As I've said, because they'll one day have to stand before him. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. For holy is he. Holy is he. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is he. So let's be encouraged this morning. Our God reigns. He's in control. Even though we see this silliness, this wokeness and everything else that seems to be filling this world around us. He's in control. He is the Lord. And he reigns on high. 